I did have some good support where my mom would take her for a few hours and I'd make sure to go do something. So whether we went out to dinner or one time when she was two months old, Terry got me a pedicure. And anyways, the whole time I talked about my baby to this girl. (laughs) Or you're worried about her the whole time. So it wasn't even like a me moment, but like I, I tried my best and everyone around me was really great because I was very vocal about how I missed me Mm -hmm. and I'm an open book. I complain when I have complaints, I complain and you can't stop me talking about it. So I think they just want to shut me up. (laughs) (laughs) So they helped me and it took a long time and it, it wasn't easy. I really didn't even feel it honestly until I found powerlifting. It was like my thing. I finally had like my thing that was just about me. And um, so it was a long time because she was three when I started. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome to the show, Danielle. I am so excited to have you on the pod today because I think so many women and moms can relate to your story. And guess what I have in front of me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for those of you that are listening and you can't see us, I'm holding Danielle's cover of Strong, the January, February issue of 2023. How does it feel to be on the cover of Strong? (laughs) It's surreal. Um, Yeah, sometimes I forget and I'll just be walking around and kind of almost like that feeling you get after you get your hair done. You can't remember like why you're happy. And then you're like, oh yeah, I got my hair done. Oh yeah, I'm on the cover of Strong Magazine. (laughs) It's so cool. It's so cool. And I loved meeting you in person. I was at your shoot. You're just such a warm, genuine person. And I loved reading your story. And that's why I I wanted to bring you on because basically want to bring your story to life on this podcast because I feel like a lot of moms can relate and I could even relate having Jackson and having it like change my life and you do feel alone and we'll get into that. Mm -hmm. Um, But first let's get into how did you first get into fitness? Like it wasn't all happy when you first got into (laughs) fitness, right? (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah. So I mean, most of like my adolescent life and whatnot, I would yo-yo kind of like, you know, you go on a trip every year with your family. Um, and I kind of always held like 15 extra pounds that I always wanted off, um, in my view when I was that age. And so I would just literally like drink powder and water for snacks, cut my carbs after lunch. And I do that with like, you know, I'd eat so strict like that for like maybe a month or two leading up to the trips. And then I just go and kind of just return to me on the trips. And then I would just 
repeat. And I'd be okay until there was like another trip. And I'd be like, oh, I gotta do this again. <laughs> <laughs> the um, almond diet. Remember the almond yeah. diet? You're a little younger than me, but Oprah used to say she just used to have like 10 almonds before like a big <gasps> event. Oh my gosh. I could not. I don't even <laughs> like almonds. They're so dry. <laughs> I just get stuck in my throat. I know. Um, but I did also choke those down amongst those dieting days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I kind of got to a point where I was like, enough is enough. Like I, I want to feel good in my skin forever. Like I want, cause of course, like when I would do those quick fixes, I did feel good because I, I attributed feeling good to losing weight, but really it was just being comfortable in my clothes that I refused to size up those types of things. So I was like, how can I like make this stick so that I can just wear my clothes comfortably, um, forever (laughs) and not have to, you know, have certain pairs that I'd wear when I'd whatever anyways. Um, so I looked into the gym and my dad actually has been going to the gym, like since as long as I can know. And he does your typical like bodybuilding split workouts and Yes. He took me in with him and he would show me the different muscle groups and we would work out together. And so I kind of finally got the step that never stuck for me, which was loving the gym. I just did the gym to go with the dieting, right? I didn't actually enjoy it. I didn't care for it. So that was like my first step was I actually ended up loving the gym first before I committed to changing my lifestyle with food. So, and then you like I read in your story, you're flipping through Instagram and you saw this like physique, mm-hmm. and you're like on stage, the tanned orange yes, physique. <laughs> and it was a baby pink bikini too. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. And I had thought about it before. Cause like in and out of the dieting, you always kind of see that, but I never thought that I could do it. I just kind of was like, oh, that would be neat. Oh, they look so good and aspire about it. And then once I started loving the gym, I was flipping through and saw this photo of a bikini competitor. Um, and yeah, I was just kind of like, wait, I can do that if I want to do that. Like, why am I telling myself that I can't do that? I can do that. And so that was kind of like what started also like in a good way, believing in myself and, and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like got to start somewhere type of thing. But because that was my reason to change my life, Um, I dove right into a really strict style plan, like for bodybuilding prep essentially. So didn't build healthy habits, um, to start with. Yeah. Cause you did like two shows back to back. And this is what I want to talk to you about today, because I see so many competitors, they do that. They have, they, and it's right. Like you, you develop that confidence muscle, like you've committed to a goal and you get to that goal, which is amazing. Yeah. But then it's kind of like a drug a little bit like, okay, I want to feel this again right away. Even though your body has been through a lot and you don't even realize it, especially your first time. Cause you're like, okay, it's a goal and you do it your first time and, and you get to your goal. And yeah, it is, it is difficult, but you kind of just don't, think about what went into it. Like you want to do it so quickly right after. And let's talk about a little bit about your prep, like what you did during your prep and then the the back-to-back shows as well. Yeah. So for my first prep, and I mean, I wasn't even tracking calories myself because I was just going to a coach for it at the time. And I just ate what was on my sheet of paper. Like I'm telling you, it was a sheet of paper (laughs) and it was breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, supper, 
and it was the same food. And literally I ate it every day for 13 weeks. Um, so what was that like chicken, fish, yeah. asparagus? Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> Sweet potato. Um, yeah. I did ground Turkey a lot. So, and, and salmon, I had a lot of salmon blueberries were like my, um, afternoon, a cup of blueberries with protein and water and psyllium husk was my afternoon mm. snack. Mm, yummy. <laughs> Your and special treat. Yeah. My morning snack was a grapefruit. Oh, nice. And so that was, that was like 12 weeks straight. Breakfast was actually amazing. It was two eggs, a third, a cup of, um, oats and an ounce of walnuts. And that was a lot of food for me. And I remember really looking forward to my breakfast, like, Oh, I get to eat all this food. And literally it was just like all that's oats, eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I I did it for 12 or it might've been closer to 14 weeks. The first was like a little bit whatever, but yeah, essentially 12 straight weeks. And I didn't have, um, we called them cheat meals at the time, which we, I think mutually agree to as, as free meals in the industry now, but I would have, I had one a week, but, um, at eight weeks out, I was done. So then I did eight straight weeks of that diet plan up until the show. (laughs) And how was your cardio? Were you doing double day cardio? I was doing cardio every day. So I'd go in the morning and do like 45 minutes of cardio, um, Monday to Friday, essentially. And then I would do like a workout at the end of my day. Cause I'd go to work and then I'd come back to the gym and do my workout. Um, and I did that almost the whole time in the end, I had to step up cardio even more though. Um, like an hour, an hour and a half, that type of thing. And wow. yeah, it was pretty brutal. Honestly, I remember being really sick at one point with just like a cold, like a head cold. And I remember thinking like, oh, I actually can't rest because I have this competition. Like there's no days off for me. Like I have to still go and do my cardio, even though I feel like crap. So like, that was a weird feeling for me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not even listen to my body essentially. And then, so you competed for your first time and then how quickly did you compete for the, the second time? So I competed in, I believe it was July. And then my next one was October. Um, and I was doing like 14 week prep. So I think I only had a few weeks off. Um, and then I went right back into another prep. I, I don't even think I had more than a month off basically. Wow. Yeah. And after that, okay. So you've done like, you, 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 you've done almost like six months full of prep maybe even longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't do mm-hmm. public math. So what is that? Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A long time. <laughs> yeah. It's a long time. And, um, you had this aha moment on stage. Can you talk about that? Cause I thought that was pretty profound. Yes. Really. It was so neat. So, um, in my second competition, which I definitely like came in looking stronger for, and I did eat a little bit more food, um, in my second competition, just because it was kind of like, I'm either going to do it this way or not do it at all. Um, but I actually ended up looking better. So the first one, I think I was quite flat and starving. Um, anyways, I was on stage. So I had made the first callbacks, which is kind of like when all the girls you go up, take turns and then, or call outs you leave, and then they'll do kind of like their first, second and third call outs. And so basically if you were called out amongst the five, you were the top five. So I knew I was in top five. Um, 
And then they kind of mix you around on stage. So like if you're on the outside, they start, you can kind of tell if you have first, second or third, just by where they're putting you. Um, so I remember getting switched a couple times. And then I just kind of remember being next to this, this girl who was shredded. Like we, I knew she was winning anyway. So when I was getting kind of tossed back and forth with her, I was like, oh, I must have like second since I'm kind of going back and forth. But I was, you know, next to her and I, and you're looking at the judges, like selling yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Smiling, like, holding. <laughs> and you're like, can they see me like literally shaking up here, trying to hold this pose? I hope they can't see my body just vibrating. Um, and you're holding the poses for them and smiling so big and like fluffing your hair. And I just was doing that. And I was looking down at them and they were literally pointing. So like they were pointing at her, pointing at me with their fingers <laughs> and they're like whispering to each other and you're just staring at them. And I just thought to myself, like, what the F am I doing? I don't know if I can swear on this. So, but in my head, that's what I was saying. I'm like, what am I doing up here? Like, what am I like standing for right now? They're literally pointing at me and pointing to this girl beside me deciding who looks better. Like, what am I doing? It was, it was like the first time that I was like, what am I doing? Why did I do this? You know? Um, so yeah, I knew I was done. I knew I wasn't going to do it again after that. I mean, the preps were really hard anyway, so I don't, (laughs) I probably would have did it again if I wanted to, but, um, it really opened it up for me as to like, I wasn't, it just wasn't what I was after looking to promote for myself, looking to grow for myself is to look better Mm -hmm. than someone else and be Mm -hmm. so weak, like so weak, you know, you look so strong, but you can't even really do anything. You can barely lift a 20 pound dumbbell at that point. That's the thing. It's not really health. Yeah. (laughs) It's not healthy at all. Right. Um, and it's, kind of smoke and mirrors when you're looking at Instagram and seeing these amazing physiques, because it is inspiring to see somebody take their physique from, you know, how it was and, and, and recomping, like that's a really cool Mm -hmm. thing to see, but you don't see behind the scenes very much. Yeah. Unless you're somebody like you who is sharing it. Right. Right. Um, so that's why I thought it was really important to, to just share that story because, even with our clients or strong girls clients. And, um, I want to look like this. Well, mm-hmm. you don't know what you have to give up to look yeah. like that. Right. It's a lot of sacrifice, like a lot. Right. And you weren't even a mom back then. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I can imagine doing it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after this, after your aha moment, um, you did have to deal with a lot of kind of rebounding as we would call it in the industry which means that, you know, you've put your body under so much stress with the dieting, with the extra cardio. Um, like it's really a, not a healthy way or natural way to, to live as a woman. So you have this rebound effect and what was that for you? Yeah, I had the hardest time. Um, well I went through even, even during that second prep, I was struggling with like binge eating patterns. Like I remember being even 10 weeks out and just eating this whole bag of like um, it was like a trail mix and it had like chunks of chocolate and cashews. And I'm like, now that I know calories and macros, not that it matters, but I probably ate like 2000 calories. That's how much I (laughs) ate in that one sitting. And so I did see those binge type patterns throughout actually the second competition. And I really had to reel it in if I was going to compete. So it shut it down. And then it came full force again. When I was done, we went, um, straight to Jamaica 
almost when I was done to celebrate uh, my husband's birthday. And like I brought protein bars and I was shoveling these protein bars in me, like one after one. Like, could you even imagine eating three protein oh, bars God. in a row? Your right? stomach. <laughs> I know. And I didn't even want to do it, but I felt like I had to because I couldn't even have a protein bar during the preps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The specific type of prep that I did. Um, so I struggled with that a long time with like just closet eating, like, like foods that I wasn't allowed to have essentially. And I didn't even want to do it, but I, I it was really out of control. So that was like a major, major problem for me. And then also just throughout prep as well, the body dysmorphia, like I have photos on my phone of photos that I wouldn't even post in my prep because I felt that I looked too large. And it's ridiculous. Like I look at them and I was not at all like that. Like how it skews your Mm -hmm. vision of yourself Mm -hmm. and you just become so critical of yourself. And that carried through for years until I was pregnant. Like pregnancy was, you know, the only thing for me that worked. I was out of like resources. Like there's not much around here for binge eating. There's not much around here for body dysmorphia. Um, but I was blessed that like when I did become pregnant, that I was able to let go, you know, mm-hmm. of all that, that self-critic that I was really struggling with. Yeah. You, you said that your, your body really isn't yours anymore when you're pregnant and you're, you have kind of like a higher purpose. So maybe that helped you, that higher purpose helped you get yeah. out of that, you know, vicious cycle. What would you say to somebody that wanted to compete now? Like there, there is, there's good stories. Like we're not, we're not bashing. Like there are good stories. And, um, I mean, even Jacqueline, who's our head coach, who's your bestie. I mean, she doesn't really do a crazy prep if she has to prep for something. I mean, she hasn't competed in a while, but even if she were to prep, I mean, I think she would keep it relatively yeah healthy. There are ways to do it. What would you tell somebody who, who yeah. would want to compete now? And I've had people like who reach out and ask about it. Um, and basically what I tell them is, you know, at the end of the day, like I've been where you are, if you want to do one, you're going to do one, like no matter what people say to you, like, it's a huge accomplishment, like we said, and, and there are some really cool things to challenging yourself mentally. I just tell them the truth. I just, I just tell them I came out of it this way. Um, so be careful, like make sure you have a great support system, be aware that like what you're doing and how you're looking is not sustainable. You know, it's just for the look. I did have people tell me that, but they, they told me kind of like how you look on show day, you'll never, you know, but for me, it was almost at like the eight week out point Mm -hmm. is I couldn't get myself to even look like I was eight weeks out, you know, um, part of that was due to just metabolic damage, honestly. But, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't ever tell them not to do it, um, because I've been there and I just kind of find out why they're doing it. And I just tell them like, just to look out for this, this, and I just say to, to make sure that you have a really great support system. You know, I don't really, talk them out of it essentially. And to just do your research on coaching, because Mm. it's like you said, the way that, that Jackie does it is maybe a little bit, I don't want to say easier because it's hard anyways, but you know, you don't have to be that restrictive. Um, there's other ways to do it. There's also people who are more genetically able to do it like, like any sport, right. 
there's healthier ways. I mean, like I used to get girls prepped on stage, but I would never prep anybody for 12 or 16 weeks. I would want to work with them for the entire year. And then we decide to do a show and same goes for like the photo shoots. Like when we switched over to doing photo shoots, cause I just found it's so much nicer, you know, and yeah. (laughs) And, and fun. And like, you're actually celebrating yourself because I would get people on stage and they would look their best. And we would always do it in a healthy way. I would never overdiet. I would never do double day cardios. I wouldn't even do a water cut with them. And some of my girls got first place, but the ones who got like second or third, they still looked their best, but they Mm -hmm. were going home sad. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Like we're going to celebrate, we're going to do a photo shoot. But even with the girls who come in and want to do photo shoot, it's like, I don't want to prep anybody for 12 to 16 weeks. You have clients too. Right. So you want to, you want to do it properly. You want to do it as, as though you're, you're building them up. And then it's, it's a, it's like a light lean down. You're not yeah, over dieting them for too long. And that's when, you know, there's problems at the end. There's metabolic problems or just feeling deprived and then wanting to eat everything because there's a balance of both, right? Like you're feeling deprived. You want to eat everything. And then also your body will just hold on to it as well because you've been malnourished for so long, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guys, I'm going to take a little break from the podcast and talk about something that's really important to me. And that is energy. Now we could all use a little bit more energy. Am I right? Now I've got a cool little hack for you and it's one scoop of burn cycle to replace your coffee. You know, I'm not a huge fan of so-called weight loss products, but I'm in favor of delicious and easy ways to boost energy. Burn cycle tastes amazing. My favorites are watermelon candy and blue raspberry. They both taste like summer to me and it gives you an incredible focus and energy throughout your day way better than a regular cup of coffee. Burn Cycle is made by Perfect Sports and they make a bunch of other products that are easily the top of the line in performance, quality, and results. Like the incredible Diesel New Zealand Grass-Fed Whey Isolate, the new Diesel Vegan, and the ALTRD State Pre-Workout, and many more. I've known about Perfect Sports for years now and I've been working with them for months now. So if you want to get any of their amazing top-of-the-line supplements, click the link in the show notes below and save 20% off your order. Now, you also talked about uh, in the article, you know, getting pregnant, how it was a blessing for you to, you know, get over some of your, your body dysmorphia and, you know, this vicious cycle of binging and then having your beautiful baby girl, Sage, that was also another challenging time, right? A new mom. Can you talk to that? (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't really, I guess, realize until you have one, how much everything changes after. And now all of a sudden you just have this little human and they're yours and you don't know what to do and they depend on you. And everyone says this to you, but you still don't get it until you do it. And you lose yourself. You don't have time for you or the things that you used to do anymore because this little being is, it needs you. And you're so like the maternal side just comes out and you just, even if you have help, you know, you still know what's best for your baby. So you're kind of always worrying or like making sure it's done right. Um, and yeah, you just, 
like I said, in the, in the article, they did such a good job, like portraying my interview about it was like, I had so many people around me, but I felt so alone. Mm -hmm. Like I just wasn't me. And I kept saying to my husband, like, Oh, I don't know when I get to be Danielle anymore. Like I'm just a mom right now. And like, it's great. And I love my child, but like, I miss being me and, and doing stuff for me. And that was really hard and it lasted a lot longer than I thought that it would last. I think it was, I think it's really awesome that you realized it though. I didn't realize it until now I look back and I was like, we had a hard time for two years because my husband and I were together for a while, like five or six years before that. So we just had a Mm -hmm. great, it was just the two of us. Right. And Mm -hmm. then all this, like it changes everything. I think I have two kids. So the first was harder because your life completely goes from like, it's like a complete 180, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have your second and you're kind of, your life has already changed and they're just coming into your already changed life. Um, But how did you get over that? Like how, how, what, what helped you through those Uh, feelings? (laughs) How did I get over that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I struggled with it for a really long time. It got a bit better when, um, she started sleeping better because I even remember saying to him one night, like, when are we even going to have like an evening together? Right. Cause they were just waking up every two or three hours to feed. And it's like, you didn't even have your evening. You didn't have anything anymore. And, and I resonate with what you just said about how you're together before and how your life is so different. I'm like, we used to, and I was always like, I was the baby or I was like the one that would get the attention. And of course your baby gets the attention and it's a change for the dad as well. But, um, I was very like vocal about how I missed me. Um, And I tried to like my, I did have some good support where my mom would take her for a few hours and I'd make sure to go do something. So whether we went out to dinner or one time when she was two months old, Terry got me a pedicure. And anyways, the whole time I talked about my baby to this girl (laughs) or you're worried about her the whole time. (laughs) So it wasn't even like a me moment, but like I, I tried my best and everyone around me was really great because I was very vocal about how I missed me. and. I'm an open book. I complain when I have complaints, I complain and you can't stop me talking about it. So I think they just want to shut me up. (laughs) (laughs) So they helped me. It took a long time and it it wasn't easy. I really didn't even feel it honestly until I found powerlifting. It was like Mm. my thing. I finally had like my thing that was just about me. And um, yeah, so it was a long time because she was three when I started. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then powerlifting, like I I love just looking at these amazing images inside the magazine and then also just your workout and you look so strong, so confident. You've been doing this for a while now. Can you tell us about that and your meets and yeah. Um it just like one day clicked where I was at the gym and there's um a small group of people who power lift, mostly uh, one gentleman that's been at the gym for years. And he's always trying to get me to lift heavier. Like I'd always have my little 15s, right? Like my, I'd just be curling them, like shoulder <laughs> pressing them. I'm like, no, I'm good. Or like glute activation. And I'm like, those things are definitely important. But 
Um, he you got to like, lift heavy though. You yeah, have to lift heavy like, to just, see. Yeah. Just try it. I'll show you. I'll show you. Cause it's intimidating. I think a lot of females can resonate with going to the barbell at the gym. If you've never actually been taught, um, can be really intimidating to step under weight like that and, and be afraid that you're doing it wrong, or mm-hmm. you just don't mm-hmm. even know how much you can lift. Right. Um, so I was, I was thankful for the community there. They really took me under and, and then combined with like, just teaching myself too, from, you know, YouTube and, and just making sure you're doing it correctly. And my, my course covered a little bit of it, but yeah. So I, I started doing that and I was like, you know what? Jacqueline was there at the gym. Jacqueline was there at the gym that day. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a meet. And she was like, yes. And everyone was like, yeah, do it. So we looked it up and then there was one, like, I don't know, in a four or five months. So right then and there, I was like, okay, let's do this. I need to start training specifically for this. And I just dove right in. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. You seem like you're really goal oriented. Like you seem like you're when you set a goal for yourself, it's when you're the most happy. And maybe that's why you did the competing, you know, even though it wasn't the most healthy journey, but I mean, that's what you found again in powerlifting, which is a lot more healthy because you can eat a lot of food and you're encouraged to eat a lot of food, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm definitely goal oriented. Like, and I think, I think a lot of people are, it's like, you want to have that goal. It quote unquote motivates you that type of thing. So maybe just finding like your right goal or, or even exploring other people's goals and finding ideas that are strength-based to me is, is what saved me. It's like, it's not about image. It's just about becoming a stronger you. Mm. Um, so now when I go for my meets, it's like, I just go and yes, there's other people there, but you are, you leave the meet with a total amount of weight that you lifted that day. And so it's so empowering to just go again and just beat your number. It's not that you had to look better than someone and maybe you even failed some of the ones that you tried, but like you're, you have your own number that you show up with that you're just trying to get better at. And that to me is so powerful. Like I'm so excited to try to beat my next number. I don't care if there's anybody else there, you know, it's, it's beating my personal total. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think you were saying in the article too, when you were, um, pregnant, having Sage and then, you know, going through this major life change, you, you also did find like your purpose in helping other women. And you Mm -hmm. have a company called the clean fork, because I, I truly believe that we are, when we go through any obstacle, we're meant to go through it for a higher purpose. And that's exactly what you did with, you know, your negative experience with dieting and now learning how to eat properly and now teaching women to do the same. Mm-hmm. What is Clean Fork all about? Um, so I started Clean Fork on my maternity leave, actually. Um, so I took I took precision precision nutrition and personal training course, and I really wanted to, at this time as well, COVID hit, right? So the gyms were closing which is super unfortunate. My husband owns gyms. Um, but it was a great time for me to think of, okay, I want to do something with this, but I want, I want to have the freedom to do it from wherever I am. Cause I knew I wanted to eventually get back into traveling and I wanted to reach more people than locally. So online, Um, and so what I did was I just started with nutrition and making meal plans 
because for me, it was all about, I just want to show people that you can get the results that you want without having to restrict yourself like I did. So Mm -hmm. I had that personal experience and I figured out ways to eat carbs until you go to bed if you want them. (laughs) And I just wanted to show people like, look, like here's a meal plan. Like you told me the foods that you like, look, they're all on here and you're still going to get the results that you want. Mm -hmm. And I would thrive with the feedback from that. Like them being like, wait, like an ice cream bar is my bedtime snack. Like, are you kidding me? And like, I'm feeling amazing. So it all kind of started with the food. And then from there, because strength training was so important to me, I really do feel like they go together. And I wanted to also show people that strength training itself doesn't have to be like the strength training that I was doing. So again, whether you do it two times a week or three times a week, um, at home or at a gym, like you're, you're still improving on your quality of life and your health. And so I was, I kind of almost became addicted to finding prescriptions for Mm -hmm. the type of person and not the same thing for everyone. And then it just kind of bloomed from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have now you've, this is what you do full-time now. Like, yeah, this is your full-time gig. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. I love, I love these stories. I I love that. And I want to touch on, um, something that I think a lot of moms are going through more now than ever is Sage was diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. And how are you dealing with that? And how are, are you helping her through that? And and if there's any advice that you can give moms who might be going through the same thing right now, because I feel like I'm hearing it a lot more now. Yeah, it's definitely on the rise. Um, Like we were reading about that the other day and just kind of the predictions for how many children are going to be diagnosed with it. And of course there's, they're just also getting better with diagnosing parameters. Whereas like, you know, maybe 20 years ago, they were just told they had a learning disability in like middle school. So now they're definitely on top of it, which is so nice because it's just going to help so many kids earlier and just make life easier to cope with. Um, It just depends, but for us. So like we dove all into the diagnosis, like it was like in the article, it was almost a relief when we had it, um, given to us because it was like, okay, what's the next step? Like, what can we do for her? What can we do to help her? And then now that we know it's, it's happening, we can go and read more about it itself and, and kind of look locally ways to help Mm -hmm. with Sage and whatnot. Um, so the first thing we did was we actually took an online course for a type of therapy that they would eventually go through with her when she, um, the whole process is like six to 12 months for the governments, uh, to come in and help. So there is a a program through our government for autistic kids. Um, but we wanted to start right away. (laughs) So you don't want to wait, right? Yeah. We took the course and it it was really nice. There's tons of courses out there. Um, but it just kind of really opened our eyes into, okay, so she learns a different way than us. Cause you know, your parents kind of tell you, oh, like get them to do this. And this is how you'll teach them to say the words, or this is how you'll teach them to eat with a spoon. All of those things are different now with an autism diagnosis because their brain just is different than ours. So they don't necessarily receive that information the same way that our parents taught us. So it really helped um, with seeing almost the world through her lens as best as we could. And 
just little exercises to do with her. Um, but basically I would say if I could give any advice would be to set your boundaries as a family, because people are going to tell you, um, that they're just being bratty or tell you, Oh, do this. This worked with my kid. Um, and as annoying as that is, whether you have a, a neurotypical child or a neurodivergent child, it's your kid. And if they have an autism diagnosis, they're struggling in their own way. And you as their parents know best. And so, for example, people would ask us to skip her nap to attend things or um, just try to make things seem really easy, like hand her off to me and I'll do this with her. And, and we really had to put up our boundaries. Like we didn't want to upset her emotionally. Mm -hmm. So no, we're not skipping her nap. This is her nap time. She needs it. This is her routine. Respect the routine. So many people would, you know, try to change the routine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody has kids need routine. When you're pregnant and you have kids, it's crazy the amount of like just advice you're getting from like every direction and like yeah. opposite advice, right? Yeah. 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 And every every child is different. So is every autistic kid, but definitely like you know your kid best and you will learn what will upset them and and what will go great for them. And then so just stick to your guns because people are going to challenge that and just expect you to go with the flow and I do not go with the flow. <laughs> I love that advice. I love that advice. I, I, you know what? Um, I, I had something similar with, with Jackson. I never, I never stuck him to a schedule and he would have some of the biggest like fits. And it was because he wasn't napping because I was trying to lug him around and because mm -hmm. I would hear people like, just take them here or take them there. Yeah. When I had Logan, I was like, no, he's going to be like on a schedule. And it was so much better. He was sleeping yeah. better. He was a happier baby. I mean, you do have to listen to yourself. I feel like, you know, you've had struggles. Everybody has obstacles and struggles, but I, I love how you're using it to teach other people and, and also, you know, communicate that within your own community. Cause you said, you know, everybody has struggles and it, it almost helps you relate to mm -hmm. your people a lot more and yeah. they trust you more because they know that you're not this perfect oh, person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very true. And people are so kind, honestly, like you're always, and especially as a newer business owner and you're like, oh no, like I have to move this call because my daughter's home, but it's like, I can't, I can't do this call. My daughter's home today sick and you know, she deserves me and, mm -hmm. and people are so respectful of that. Um, so yeah, I would say boundaries in general <laughs> yeah. are the best thing and the hardest thing to set, but you definitely grow from them. Yeah. What does the word strong mean to you? Oh, so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say strong for me is, is, is more than physically. Like when I think of strong and when I see myself on your magazine, it's like all the stuff that I overcame and stayed positive through. I got stronger physically. I got stronger mentally and got help that I needed. Um, and then I helped other people become strong. So to me, it's like this package deal of not just acting strong or being strong, but encouraging others as well to be the exact same. And then you just grow like an army in the fitness industry. No, oh, I love 
love that, Danielle. That's such a good answer. Where can it, where can people connect with you and find you? And I'll include your, your links in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So my personal Instagram is at Danielle Blizz fit. And then from there, you can get to my business Instagram and my bio as well, which I post like little workouts and and fit tips and whatnot. And that's on my clean fork Instagram. So there's a couple fun ones there. And her mag is still on shelves now, or you can download the digital, which I'll include in the show notes below. But thank you so much for taking time out of your day and sharing your story because I know how many women and and moms can relate. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It was a blast. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend, or post a review, and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes, and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.